Welcome to the F4 Podcast, where your hosts, Brian, Brooke, Charles, and Vanessa, discuss all things faith, family, friends, and fitness. What is F4? Sometimes it's a glimpse into how we navigate the world, and sometimes it's a deep dive into how we handle the four main areas of our lives. If you want to have a healthier relationship with God, family, friends, and yourself, this podcast is for you. Thank you for joining us as we unpack this episode. Welcome to episode 14 of the F4 podcast. If we haven't met yet, I'm Brian Marston, one of our F4 hosts, and I want to thank you for listening and watching our podcast. If you could follow us on Instagram and like and share the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. We are on multiple platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Pocket, Radio Public, Breaker, Anchor, and YouTube. If you'd like to be a sponsor of this show, you can send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, or via email at f4ncpodcast at gmail.com. I'm joined today by the F4 people, my wife, Brooke, and our dear friends, Charles and Vanessa Giddens. Say hello, please. Hello. Hello, Hello, please. (laughs) Wow. You're special. I like it. You are super special. (laughs) I am. Let me say up front uh, that this episode is the culmination of a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Over the last year, the F4 crew, along with our friends Daniel and Becca, have been training for the CrossFit Open. If you don't know what the CrossFit Open is, it's a three-week competition that is open to the entire world and the first step to getting to the CrossFit Games. Charles put together training plans with one specific goal in mind, which was helping my wife, Brooke, qualify for the next round of the competition in her age group. This next round is the online qualifier event for the third weekend, or it's going to be held the third weekend in April. Why Brooke? Well, she's the best CrossFitter of all of us and was very close to making it to the next round a couple of years ago. Charles felt like she could make it uh, to the next round with a little more intentional focus, and she aged up to an older lady age group of 45 to 49. No offense. To accomplish this goal, Brooke had to be in the top 10% of her age group. And we completed the third CrossFit Open workout last weekend, and we'll be talking about what happened in the Open, our takeaways from it all, and more on today's episode. So, let's begin with you. Brooke, share with our listeners, one, did you achieve the goal of making it to the quarterfinal qualifier thing? (laughs) The thing. Yes, the thing. Yes, I did. I was successful in achieving that goal. I actually finished in the top 4% so of my age group, which is great, and 10% in the world of overall, of all all women, even the youngins. So you qualified twice. Yes, correct. So double. You doubled. I doubled my goal achievement. Okay. (laughs) That's impressive. So now that you've had a few days to process this this experience, what have you learned about yourself in working toward a goal like this? So I think we've talked a lot of multiple times on this podcast about my relationship with goals and setting them and 
kind of the fear associated with them. And so I think one of the things that I learned about myself is one that I can achieve a goal if I'm working toward it. So that's, that's one thing. But I also think that who I surround myself with and the habits that they help me keep is also critically important. So I think if I was trying to do this by myself, I'm not sure, while I'm the one that performed these workouts, I'm not sure that I would have had the same result had I been going through this whole process by myself. So the support team around me, the people, my friends, my family, like all of that I think is absolutely critical for me in achieving a goal. So as I look at other goals that I would set in my life, keeping those things a secret, keeping them to myself, trying to do them by myself probably is not going to be a winning strategy for me. Some Mm. people might be able to do that. I don't know that that's a winning strategy for me. There's a lot there. So would you say that in the past when you've had a goal that you've kept it secret? Absolutely. And I think that that fear of, that fear of exposure or that fear of failure has kept me from sharing it. But that probably has also contributed to resulting in failure. So I think the thing that actually is most fearful is sharing it, but that is probably the thing that helps me be most successful, if that makes sense. Sort of counterintuitive. It started hurting my brain a little bit saying it. It didn't hurt mine. I thought that was well said. I want to ask you, can you elaborate a little bit on the fear of exposure and what you mean when you say that? Well, I think anytime you put yourself out there, you try something that you know is going to be hard. And I think like with the CrossFit Open, you know, you find out if if you're not familiar with the Open, the workouts are announced on Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, and then you have until Monday night to Mm -hmm. do this workout. So it's not a lot of time to come up with a strategy. It's not a lot of time to come out with or to, you know, to practice it or to test theories or anything like that. So, um, you know, the fear that you're going to go out there and, and mess up. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot in that. There's not a lot of time to prepare. It's not like I can say, okay, well, I'm going to work on this movement. I mean, learning to do a movement like double unders or a pull up or, a muscle up or any kind of Olympic lifting you if you know that that's your goal then you can kind of work at that movement over time with the open you have you know a relatively short amount of, of hours to be able to figure that out mm. yeah so I think that fear of exposure is real and you're not the only one I think that felt that no, I think that that's a common feeling for anybody who steps into that that arena, so to speak, of the Open. I think a lot of people don't participate in the Open, submitting their scores to, you know, CrossFit.com because it feels exposing. You're going, you have to have a judge look at you. You have to have somebody watching every single movement that you make. You have to, you know, then give a score that then everybody sees everybody sees the score so it's not like you could be like well that was a crappy performance i'll just come back tomorrow and while that's true yes it's crappy score i'll come back tomorrow i'll do another workout whatever i live to see another day my whole life isn't wrapped up in that but also everybody sees it 
and they know you had a crappy workout too. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And just to let you know where I was going with that. So Charles has been your coach in this process. And so I was thinking more about him and the exposure as a coach. When you say, I'm going to invest into somebody, I'm going to invest in it to an athlete that brings attention. And so some of your performance is now tied to his coaching. And so I want to, I want to transition to Charles. Uh, what have you learned about yourself as you've worked toward this goal? Hmm. Uh, a lot before I forget though, I want to come back to what you talked about just well, in, I, in a minute about, about yeah. the, well, I, it, it'll tie in a little bit later, but I think what you said initially was pretty spot on and something that I want to spend a little bit of time unpacking. Um, that I had written down a little bit later, but you brought it up now, so just just remind me. Um, so yeah, we've we've talked about this briefly. I think <clears throat> what I'm what I've learned individually coaching now, Brooke, you guys, and you know by proxy, but Brooke and a couple other people that I'm you know have had individual coaching with now, and it, it's very different than group class coaching. It's very different than even personal training. Um, it is, to your point, very exposing. And, you know, if you take it seriously, as I do, um, there's a lot of pressure there because Brooke has to perform the workouts or any athlete I'm coaching personally, individually has to perform the workouts, but a lot of that's determined on have I done the right thing? Did I program the right stuff? And we'll talk about how long it's taken me to program this. A little bit later, I'm sure, in the podcast, but did I program the right things? Did I look at the right um, weaknesses that we should have attacked? Did I exploit you know, the strengths the right way? Did we strategize the workout correctly? Have I talked about sleep enough? Have I talked about nutrition enough? Have I talked about just general mental health enough? Like, There's so many things that go into that that me, I look back and go, okay, if Brooke didn't have the performance that she had, mm-hmm. that's all on me. Like, I'm not looking at them as, as a failure for Brooke. That's that's a failure for me as a coach. My job as a coach is to eliminate every distraction for her or for any athlete I'm coaching that I possibly can. And you can't, you can't, I can't see everything, right? You can't. But, you know, that's why people either pay me or ask me to do it for them. Um, is to give them the best shot at making their goal or taking the distractions away so they can perform to their level that they know they can perform at. So if anything's left out there, that's my fault as coach. And that's very exposing because you're, <laughs> if you're like me, you're like so many things are wrapped up and you start swirling. And you're like, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? So I get a little caught up sometimes to say, okay, it's going to be okay. She's going to perform. She's going to be fine. Let her do what she needs to do. Um, but as a coach, I've learned that that's a little difficult for me to do. Um, and I, I've done coaching, obviously, a lot of my life. I've never individually like sat down and coached until probably the last year. Uh, I've done a lot of nutritional coaching with people, but it's very, very different. Um, it's not static, but it's not dynamic like a training coaching situation is. So um, the last year, not just with Brooke, but with other people, have been very eye-opening uh, from how to coach and and really how to have those interactions, and quite honestly, it's a little bit more of an investment than I thought it would be. Yeah. It's it's a good investment, but it's you're very like tied up into a lot of things when you individually coach people. 
um, that I think is even different than I think back over my team sports coaching situations with people that have coached me. I think it's probably similar, but it's very different because it's one person that's relying on you, not a team where you're like, okay, if one person falls off, like if I did something wrong here and one person may not have gotten everything they needed from me, well, there's, you know, 10 other people on the field that can pick that up. It's okay. Like it's not the end of the world, but if one person that you're coaching doesn't do well, it's a little different. So I think for me, um, to Brooke's point, it's, it's, it's been a challenge and I'm, I'm learning that it's maybe, um, it's exposing, but it's exposing in a good way, right? It really forces you to think differently, um, which I think I've grown a lot. I think I've grown a lot emotionally and mentally within this process, personally, as a coach. Mm-hmm. Not as an athlete, but as a coach. So elaborate on how you've grown. <laughs> so being a coach, individually being a coach, really forces you to understand that it's not about you, mm-hmm. right? So... Um, I have my own preferences. I have my own things that I want to have happen all the time. And we joke at times. We're, we've joked um, recently, even as, as recent as today, not really joking, but said, hey, you know, here's what we're going to have to do going forward. We got, you know, four weeks. Um, but it's forcing me to say, okay, my preferences and the way I show up, the way I want to show up, the time I want to show up, for an example, um, is not that important. It's important. Because from a time component, we still only have a certain amount of time to get things in, right? But if that means Brooke is going to be a little bit later than what I would want, but it means she's in a better headspace when she gets there, that's okay. Hmm. Like, I have to learn that that's okay, and I've had to learn that during this process, and it's been a challenge. But but I think I'm growing there to say, okay, do I make this a big deal or do I not? Like. Hmm. And if I make it a big deal, what is I going to do to us from a coach-athlete standpoint in three weeks or four weeks down the road? Maybe she now harbors some resentment because she feels like I'm pushing her too hard to be rigid where she doesn't want to be rigid, right? And, and instead of doing that, I can push her in a different area that's just as rigid, but she may not feel that way because I haven't pushed her over here. So I'm learning that, um, especially with Brooke and other people, but I'm learning with her how to handle that. So it's causing me to look inside of me to say, okay, it's not about you. It's not about your preferences. Your job is to help her. And it doesn't matter what you think is right or wrong for her. It's her reality. It's how can you adapt that for her goal to make it attainable for her. Mm. And that's different. That's very different from what we always do as people. It's just not something we think about. It's not how we function. And it's not how I function before I started personally coaching. Hmm. You know, I know we're all people of faith sitting at this table and I couldn't help but think of Paul's letter to the Philippians uh, that each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. So in coaching someone, you have to look at how they're wired and going back to some studies I did, uh, intercultural studies, you're what they would call very monochronic. So it's, Basically, <laughs> you are very literal in how you interpret time. Sure. Brooke is very polychronic. So time is, while we live in a, a very... social construct. It's a social <laughs> construct. <laughs> while, while there are parts of our society that are monochronic, 
<laughs> I mean, we live in a very monochronic mm-hmm. society. She is more naturally wired that way. And so even doing those studies, it was helpful for me in relating to her as her husband. So I can totally see as a coach, you're thinking, okay, what are her interests or how is she naturally wired and what do I need to do to push the right buttons to help her be successful? And ultimately, you share in that success. Like she's not where she is today without what you did. So it's it's pretty cool to see it all come together. But at the same time, you're not just growing as a coach, you're growing as a person. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we weren't, if I wasn't, if, if all of us weren't, um, it'd be kind of worthless to do. I mean, we need to grow mm-hmm. all but, the time. But, but let me ask you this. When you were thinking about helping her get to that next round of the Open, mm-hmm. was it about your growth? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it wasn't. It was about helping someone that I cared about get to the next level. Mm-hmm. That was it. Because you saw something in her. Yep. And which is great because that's others minded too. But you got a bonus. Yes, I did. <laughs> but but not everybody sees it that way. And and the thing is, until you get to the point where you say, you know what, I don't have it all figured out and I can adapt and adjust, then and when you get to that point, you actually grow as a coach and a person. Yes, I haven't really probably thought about it that way, but yes. Um, you're right. Yes. I've gotten a lot personally out of this. Like so like for me to sit back and say, Wow, it's all broke. Well I've gained I've I've grown <laughs> immensely during this process and I've gotten a lot of really good things um out of this process. So yeah, you're right. I mean and things I didn't think I would I would get out of it. You know, like being okay with people being well understanding when people are late right so i'm not gonna say i'm okay with that but at least i'm not like i'm i'm not flipping out anymore about people being on time um because it she's not wired that way so it's important for me not to push that so i'm okay you know it it's not purse it's not what i would want but it's not about me you know what i mean so it's taken me a little bit and i'm still not there Clearly, I'm not because she and I had a conversation about being on time today. So clearly, I have not figured that all out. But I do think I'm a little bit less. I mean, like, I can remember conversations we had um, during this process where I'm like, if, if we can't all just show up on time, I'm done. Like, that was that was halfway a conversation. It was ha- yeah, it was about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt very disrespected in that point. But when I when I looked at it from everyone's aspect... It wasn't a disrespect to me on purpose, although I took it that way. That's not really what it was, but that's how it felt during the time. So because I'm wired the way I am, because I I feel invested in the situation and I want people to function, again, we always want people to function just like us. We think in our mind that if everybody was just like us, it would be great. And it would be great for like two seconds and then the world would fall apart because that would be really bad. But... During the process, to your point, Brooke, it was probably halfway through. Mm-hmm. I remember having this conversation, but I looked at Vanessa. I'm like, if we can't get it together, I'm just I'm walking out. Like I'm just not going to keep doing it. And I felt very disrespected, let down, whatever, frustrated, 
typical halfway through a, a goal point that I get to, not just with this, but with everything I get, I think I have a tendency halfway through something to get really, I start looking at holes. Um, so that happened, but I realized that, okay, like the world's not going to end. I want it a certain way, but the world's not going to end if it doesn't, doesn't go the way I want it to go. Mm-hmm. Now, Vanessa could be laughing. You know, well, it's not what you said, but she's about to get a turn. I know she gets a turn in this too. I know. <laughs> yeah. It, you said it very well when you said it's not about you. And, and when you realize that, then you can, then you can say it can happen another way. And just because this is the way that's natural to me, doesn't mean it has to be the way it actually happens. Just because I have a vision for something very specific doesn't mean that it has to happen exactly that way. Understanding that God has put different people around us for a reason to sharpen us or to grow us. And I think you do a very good job of seeing everything that could go wrong. While at the same time, you need people around you to say, but what could go right? Even if it doesn't happen exactly like this. Because how often do do our plans happen exactly the way we want them to? And control really is an illusion. So I think it's really good. I'm just thinking about your growth in the process. From my vantage point, I've seen you grow a ton. You're not done yet. But none of us are. Anybody watching on the other side of that camera, they're not done yet either. So they can resonate with what we're talking about. It's pretty cool. So you can think on that for a little bit because we're going to come back to you. But I want to to switch it over to Vanessa. So Vanessa, you've been a huge part of this process being married to Charles as the coach. But also Brooke's like kind of your best bud, right? Not kind of. <laughs> kind of like is what he said. It's not kind of like. <laughs> All right. How about fancy like? <laughs> is anybody mad at me now? Do you have your worm? Like Applebee's. Stop. <laughs> Does anybody like that song? No. No, no one likes no. that song. But why do they play it all the time? Because, because it's, TikTok. Yes. They don't play it all the time on radio stations I listen to. Me. <laughs> <laughs> so. I just listen to what everybody else wants to listen to in my family, and it's pretty much the same one, unless crazy Kevin Powell comes oh, on. It's like, no. change, change. He's on like every radio station, um, which he has a pretty he has a pretty funny ad right now about gas prices, but I'm not going to go any further. Oh. So, Vanessa, what have you learned in this process, being married to Charles and best buds with this lady right here? Well, I'll start with Charles. Just because we, you just had your turn. And I think that you are very accurate in your assessment of your growth. I think I can kind of bring an outside clarity to it. Um, when I say you have always in your professional life been very successful in managerial roles. You've been very successful And you have been successful in developing other people within the confines of a company that has been outlined for you already. And now you're stepping into something where you are 
developing someone not within the confines of a company, but how can you take that person to their next level? How can you develop them to a level of performance that everyone can be proud of, but not within a a certain time frame? Yes, but not within a certain company structure with defined SOPs that you have to abide by and you are held accountable for. This is outside of any managerial role you've ever excelled at before. And I think it has been good for you because it is less about a bottom line and more about the person. So that's that. And as far as squatty is concerned, I think that I have, I've said before that you are an excellent teacher and that you teach by example as much as anything else. And I think it's been awesome for me and I'm going to be the first one to cry this time. Okay. It's been awesome for me to see you sort of step into this and embrace this quiet strength that you have and accept the task that's been put in front of you and do your very best at it. But I think learning to come at it with, with all of your strength has been really awesome for me to watch. And I've been very grateful to see it happen. So thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I think that's very sweet. It's true. And she is my best bud. Not kind of like. <laughs> so. so there. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that because that is, uh, I don't know that I'll say it as well as you just did, but stepping into myself more um, has been probably one of the most challenging pieces of all of it. So, because it's easier for me to just go, oh, well, I'd rather other people succeed or uh-huh. if it if it upsets somebody that somebody else does better than them, I'm fine to take second place. Like I would I would choose that over the other. So, stepping into doing the very best that I can and feeling a level of responsibility to my coach and those people around me who are investing their time because every single one of you guys have made sacrifices for how you would maybe prefer to train for the time investment that we've spent doing things getting up early on Saturday mornings all of those things there's been there have been sacrifices that everybody has made um so I feel a level of responsibility to do my best for myself, but also because everybody around me wants me to do my best. So does that make sense? So for you to say that, it means a lot to me because that has been a very challenging piece in this process. So for you to acknowledge it means a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this goes back to what you said at the beginning and and we've joked there's some things that have come up that we've joked about as well. But I think when you go back and you look at, at least from a CrossFit, and those of you that follow CrossFit, you're going to know who I'm talking about immediately. But you look at a 
a rich Froning who surrounds himself with a gym full of people that are all focused on the same thing. And it's not about one individual person. Um, it's about everyone training together, everyone making sacrifices together, everyone doing. And a rich clearly runs that show. Like it's, you can't watch any of the videos and go, oh, it's somebody else. I mean, it's him. But everyone is doing the same thing. You look at Haley Adams. Um, who is an exceptional athlete on her own, but she's there for a reason. She's not doing things in her garage on her own by herself. And Haley's from here, so we can say there's a lot of things we can say about a couple of gyms, and there are a couple of gyms that really have done a very good job in this in our area um, that I think. But you know, you look at that situation, and none of those people that have come out of that mayhem tent have done it on their own. They're not trying to do it on their own. You look at a proven standpoint with Matt Fraser and Tia and. You know, now Mal O'Brien and, you know, all these Brooke Wells and all these people that are with them, they're not working out on their own. They have decided to work out together for a common good. They all have their individual coaches, all of them, at least at that level. They all, you know, like you look at a Haley Adams, she's, I think she's coached by Tasia um, Prevenit. I can't say her last name correctly, but Tasia is her coach, but she works out at Mayhem and she works out. She does basically what Rich does every day. Um, or, you know, a, a Tia, who is also, you know, Shane is coaching Tia, but he's also coaching Brooke. He's also coaching, you know, other people now, or Matt Fraser, who's taken Mal O'Brien, and they've moved other people into that training camp, or Comp Train, who's always had a lot of, you know, people around. Those people haven't done it on their own, right? It's not an individual, like, CrossFit is an individual sport, but it's really not, to your point. I mean, it takes a, a stupid, like, it takes a village. I I hate saying that. <laughs> Thank you, Hillary. <sighs> like, uh, I want to throw up. But um, it does take, like, in doing it on your own and think that you're going to get to the level that, you know, maybe you're, in, maybe you're an exceptional athlete that can do it on your own. You can program for yourself and make sure that you're never programming to your strengths and you're always programming to your weaknesses and you're always going to get better. And you can do that on your own. Great. Good for you. The majority of us can't. Um, and I think what you said, surrounding yourself with people, and none of us, at times, people can challenge you and do as well in workouts as you can. But overall, Brian's right. You are the best CrossFitter among all of us, at least on paper. So you bring out the best in people training around you, but they also push you too. And it's it very much is a community atmosphere. Um, even Even like, and I'll give an example that to me is even better, is looking at a class structure when... And we have a class at the gym that all of them are on a tech string. <laughs> and like, it's the neatest thing in the world to see it is like they're training team together, even though they're not. Does that make sense? Like they're all accountable for each other. They all want to know when they're showing up they're, They, you know, talk about workouts. They talk about how they're feeling. They know when someone's sick, they know, like they know the same things that a team would know. Uh-huh. Um, so to think that you're going to get that on your own is pretty arrogant I think um, you're you're not um, and I think if you really want to get better in life in sport but in life in general you got to find the right people to hang out with mm-hmm. um, you know and, and not everyone needs personal coaching like and I'll get to that later um, because there's a lot of things that I want to say about that not everybody needs an individual coach with individual programming because it really is not about that um, but finding people and, and kind of grouping together I think to your point gets people to the where they want to go mm-hmm. all the way around. Like everybody gets something out of that. Um, 
you know, I think Vanessa's been able to see growth in you or to see you step link. You know, she's all excited about that. I'm seeing stuff. Brian's seen stuff. Dan, like everybody's seen stuff. And we, by the way, we've all gotten better. And the programming has not been for anyone other than you. <laughs> right? Yeah. But we've all gotten better in certain ways. You know, not in every way that you've gotten better, but we've all gotten better in certain aspects of CrossFitting or life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because of things that were designed for you, but because it's it's everyone is working toward a common goal, mm-hmm. I think is more important. But I, I think that's very important that we don't miss out on that because although this is very individualized and we're celebrating you today and we're talking about what you've learned or what I've learned as a coach, but it is very much a group gigantic group effort um, mm-hmm. during this process. And and you've done the work, but everyone, you know, Brian supported you, I've supported you, Vanessa supported you, Brooks, or Daniel supported you, Becca supported you, your kids have supported you, um, you know, classes have supported you. I mean, there's so many people that have supported you and everybody's kind of jumped in and found places here and there that they could do that. And I think you would be lacking if you didn't have every one of those around you. I completely agree. Right. Yeah, just to say it, my growth has partially been putting you first because you've put me first a lot, you know, with my career or what I need to do. And so it's been good for me to put you first. You deserve it. And I love you. That's very sweet. I love you too. I, mean, <laughs> I yeah. know you do. I know you do. Yeah. Well, I'm going to segue from that to asking Charles, so what would you do differently as a coach? Um, you know, when you, when you, I hadn't thought about it until you sent the questions over to get ready for this podcast. Um, and it's caused a little bit of reflection, obviously, just thinking about, you know, what really would I do differently? And during the process, there have been times where I've um, said, hey, this is, this should, this should be different but then I've kind of blown it off or not really written it down or not thought about the process as much as I've encouraged my athlete to say, Hey, write down everything you're doing. Right. Um, I have not probably done that as much as I need to as a coach. So going back and looking at this, I think there's a lot of things I've learned. I would, I would, um, and we have lots of conversations in the gym on a daily basis, but I would set up probably a formal touch base, um, weekly in the future, where she and I sit down and, and talk about everything. Like we, we talk about everything from nutritional, when we sit down nutritional, we sit down nutritionally once a month. Um, and we have interaction in the office where we can talk about things like sleep and um, you know everything that's involved in that. But I would do that once a week in general because I think it would give me a better understanding of where she is. Because I'll give an example, things like when your parents, you know, your mom comes into town or your parents come into town, right? I know when that's gonna happen, most of the time ahead of time, but not all the time, right? So knowing ahead of time, hey, we sit down this week and hey, mom, dad are coming into town here, that changes your training dynamic because your focus is not just in the gym. Your focus has to be at home. Your focus has to be on the kids. It has to be on your parents. And none of that's wrong, but it would just help me to know, okay, Brooke is going to be a little bit more stressed this week. So because of that, I'm going to change maybe some programming or I'm going to change how I push her or how I talk to her because at times I'm very direct um, or there are times that I'm fluffy or there are times that I'm hard. You know, there's a lot of things that happen. It's not just one way or the other, but um, knowing things ahead of time instead of the week that it happens, I think are going to be 
this next year, if we decide to do it again next year, would be much more crucial mm. for me to know ahead of time. Like to sit down and calendar and say, okay, here's what's going on this week. You know, we've got a, a new service planned at church and I know I'm going to spend time here. Okay, great. Then I need to know that my time is going to need to be backed off a little bit because she's going to need to do this. And my goal was to keep her overall frame of mind in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing that I would do differently. And, and again, we talk all the time. So it's not like we don't talk. We have plenty of interaction in the gym. But sometimes I'm caught off guard about things that I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was happening. And not not in a negative way, but something will happen with the kids. And I'm like, oh, that would have been helpful to know ahead of time because then I could have not, you know, and you've done a very good job, actually. Most of the time you'll come in and you're like, hey, just an FI. <laughs> so <laughs> like maybe take it a little bit easier on her. And, and that's great. But knowing those things up front would also help. Um, so I, I I would do that um, a little bit too. You know, things talking about sleep, training, overall mental health. I mean, all those things are super, super important, especially with anyone. But, but with Brooke, that's, that kind of stuff is important. Um, I would also let that dictate um, kind of some volume or some intensity level things that go on during the week. Um, on certain months or certain weeks that you know that we know things are going to be chaotic, that you know just getting into the gym is going to be a win. Not necessarily attacking work out a certain way, but just getting in and doing some volume. And you know, unfortunately, there is a lot of grunt work that's involved in some of what we do. And sometimes you just got to put your head down and do the work and not think about it. In those weeks, knowing that that hey, it may not have been how I wrote this program for this week, so I'm just we're going to change things up, and she's going to put her head down and we'll do work. Um, but I think. Probably the biggest thing would be sitting down formally as much as it's a pain in the butt to schedule things between the four of us these days. But like sitting down and saying, hey, I need 30 minutes, I need 45 minutes to talk about how your training's going, how is your sleep going, how is your nutrition going, how is your, and really more importantly, how is your mental health going? Because that's really the overall arching thing that affects Brooke more than probably anything else is, you know, how are things in your life? Are you okay? You know, because she doesn't always talk about those things because she's very good at saying, well, everything's great and I'm going to put everybody else first. The word is fine. Fine, yes. <laughs> Feelings indeed. But the word of the year is express. Yes. Right. She is working right. on it. She is. <laughs> right. Word. Word. <laughs> Period. Period. Uh, that's a shout out to me. But yeah, I mean, I think Brooke doesn't do a very good job sometimes of talking about her. Um which is great in a lot of ways, but in times as a coach, I need her to talk about her. So sitting down and saying, okay, 30 minutes, this is about you now. I need to know how you're doing, um, would help probably the overall training and, and what I do from a coaching standpoint. That's what I would do differently probably more than anything with her specifically. Yeah, what I, what I hear him saying is you being more expressive about how you feel and what you're thinking and what you're experiencing actually helps him then be able to give you what you need as a coach that's good that's a really good adjustment yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off go ahead but i think it might segue into where you're going probably but i think for for me doing something differently i think i think i'm actually in a better place now than a year ago as far as expressing what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And I would say there was probably a shift 
mid to three quarters of the way through this whole process where I feel like I was able to actually acknowledge some of what I was thinking and feeling because for me, not only is it not wanting to dominate the conversation or talk about myself, it's being concerned about the people around me. Sometimes I don't even know what I think or feel myself. Like it just, it's like it doesn't matter. So I don't even think about it or process it. And I think I have really tried in the last year, particularly in the last three to six months, to acknowledge that because I did, there was a point where I started realizing if I don't get this stuff out, if I don't, whether it's in a journal or out loud, if I don't start getting this stuff out, it's going to sabotage me because it, it's got to get out. Like it can't, it can't stay in here. So I think looking to the future, if we were to do this again next year, I mean, I'm not saying I want to become a, you know, Tasmanian devil just with every emotion that ever comes <laughs> into my mind and heart and all of those things. But I, I mean, I have to have more courage in expressing those things sooner rather than later because I think it's not only for the good of the people around me, but it's also it's also for my good as well. So big lesson learned. Yeah, we don't want still you to working be, on it. Not there. We don't want you to be the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> no. you, you don't want to turn to a blue six no <laughs> and, and Vanessa says heck no <laughs> it hit me earlier I was looking at my talk for tomorrow and one of the verses I'm speaking from made me think about the Tasmanian devil that's funny today that's so funny. when you said it I was like did I write that down I'm like oh yeah I thought about it earlier when I was thinking about hmm. tomorrow so, hmm, I wonder if there's something more to that. But I think your comfort with expression is going to be a big part of what's next. And you've stepped into it already. That's part of the process. So I hear you say that's something you would do differently. Uh, Vanessa, what would you do differently from your perspective as an athlete as you train for next year's Open? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me preface you answering this by saying okay. this the better you get the better the people around you get because you understand this idea of of doing better being better loving better so what would you do differently as an athlete going into next year I am in a strange place personally right now, I think, with with CrossFit, with working out, because I've, you know, I'm, not try, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm f- completely fine with my performances and where I fell this year in the open, and I didn't have any grand aspirations for myself personally, but coming... It, after, okay, so the 2020 Open, which was in the fall for the spring of 2020, was the last good experience up to now that I had with the Open. Last year, the Open was terrible. I was in a funk. I We had broken up with CrossFit. <laughs> 
It was just, it was overall a miserable experience for me. And then I had a few injuries that I was trying to overcome. And I finally feel like I'm in a, I'm creeping back up to where I feel physically fit. So I'm happy about that. I'm I'm happy about the way the open went in the gym. The community aspect is starting to come back. Having a common goal with my best friends to support you was fantastic for me. So I'm not I'm not sure that I would do anything different aside from maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Work more at doing my best every day mm-hmm. is really about the only thing I can think mm-hmm. because there were a lot of times this year where just showing up was that was my best. <laughs> like, was, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, maybe next year doing my best or giving my best performance knowing that I can accept wherever that may be mm-hmm. as long as it is the best that I can do. That's what I would change. I think because of our friendship, sometimes it is easy to mail in a performance because we let e- each other off the hook and like, Oh, I'm not going hard today or I'm not feeling it. And I've, I've said it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yesterday. Don't take yesterday. away those. This don't take yesterday. away those. I'm not going hard today. It's for me, please. I but it's almost days. like. No, it's, I'm laughing because Charles says it all the time and then he goes hard. I know. <laughs> you feel, you feel assaulted right now. Apparently. Yes. We'll get to me in a minute. Go ahead. Cause you're going to love my answer after that. <laughs> I, so, His answer has changed from what he had prepared. Oh, no. no it's okay. easy to excuse each other. And, and sometimes when you have that familiarity, when you have that care for people, you go easier on them. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, by doing that, we can actually do each other a disservice. And so, you know, I'll just speak for me. And hearing you talk, it made me think about me that I've got to be careful not to say, well, I'm just going to do the best I can. <laughs> because I, I've done that too much lately. And I, not every day can be 100%. Nope. And so a couple of things I'm going to have to be careful about. Like I recognize for me from a training standpoint there is kind of a weight range for me where I need to be probably to do my best when it comes to the open. Mm-hmm. As far as lifting heavy weight, I can be a big boy, <laughs> bigger. But as far as the open, <laughs> it doesn't translate as well. And and But I had to experience this year to really understand that. Uh, I think the other thing that I was thinking about, and it, came up today when we had the squat workshop was my mobility. I've got to put more time, not necessarily in the gym, but to say when, okay, let's say I'm at home and I need to take a break. Well, that may be an opportunity for me to put in some mobility time, like doing the frog stretch to get my hips loose because my hips are not loose. They're not. (laughs) I need to put some work into that. 
and I just haven't. And in my whole life, I've hated to stretch, and now I'm paying for it. So there are a couple very tangible things I'm thinking about, but I want to bring my best and help other people do the same. And so I really resonated with what you're talking about because sometimes I'm like, oh, well, they still accept me. I can mail it in. It'd be okay. There's tomorrow. And then it doesn't help you achieve your goal. So that's some some of the things I would do differently going into this next year and would like the encouragement in those areas. How about you, Charles? Well, you're not going to like this answer, especially after all of the answers have been given, especially, you know, Vanessa and yours. Um, I probably will not do the Open next year. Um, for me, if we are where, we're, where I think we will be, and we'll talk about this not on air, but we'll talk about it later. But um, if we are where I hope we will be the next year, my focus will not be working out personally. Um, although working out is very important to me and I still will work out, it's not going to be my there's a distraction there for me, even the way we did it this year, there still was a distraction for me that I don't like um, because I feel like I wasn't able to put everything there that I needed to. Um, or really any of all of you, really, um, because when I'm working out, I can't see things. Um, it's very difficult for me to say, okay, well, she did well here, she fell apart here, or um, we should think about breaking this up differently or because I'm working out, I, you know, I can catch things and sometimes I'll stop and look at things that I know are going to come up and I'm like, okay, she's right here. Let me stop and watch this. But the majority of the time that, that wasn't what it was when I was working out. So probably during that process, maybe even leading up to a couple weeks prior to that, mm -hmm. I probably will be working out, um, with the class, with the class, um, and coaching all of you. Um, and, and making that a priority as much as I can to say, okay, I'm not, I'm not working out when you guys are working out so I can actually do what I need to do. Um, because that to me is, again, I like working out, but to me, what I find more fulfilling at this point, um, than just doing good at the open. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, I'm a, a an above average age group CrossFitter, but I'm an average, when you look at my score roll, I'm an average CrossFitter. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. It doesn't mean that I'm horrible. It doesn't mean that I don't have value in the world or doesn't mean that I don't have value working out. But to me, that's not where I find my benefit. My benefit, what I've, what I found more fulfilling this year, um, especially over the open was coaching Brooke. That's where I was like, okay, I feel I, I get much more out of that. So next year I probably won't work out. Um, so I can spend more time making sure that we're hitting the things that I think that we're going that we need to hit. Um, and again, I could be wrong. Maybe she goes, "Oh, this is a horrible experience, and I'm gonna do it again next year." <laughs> but <clears throat> we have weightlifting meet coming up. We got a lot of things coming up that we've kind of talked about. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and my role probably over the next couple of years in general will be a little bit less of that, and just working out for general fitness. Um, Weightlifting probably a little bit more. I lie and very much enjoy weightlifting. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's probably where I do better at and really what I want to spend a lot of my time at. Not that I'm not going to do CrossFit, but it may mean that I'm not necessarily working out with you guys, but I'm still there. Like yeah. I'm still coaching. I'm still doing what I what I love to do with you guys. Um, and I think it's also going to be better. Like I've enjoyed working out with the class the last couple of times I've done it. Like it's been fun. Like mm -hmm. that CrossFit feeling that's been fun has been missing for me. Because I'm trying to be in two worlds, 
it's just not helpful. Like I'm trying to be in the coaching world and a and a I'm working out world, and that's just not very helpful. Um, we're really healthy for me, I think, long term mentally. So I would rather work out, have a great time for an hour, because that's all I want to do is, is be fit. I want to be fit so I can function forever, but be fit, but then spend my time really what I want to do, which is helping you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably what I'll do differently next year. Um, you know, and again, based on your two answers, <laughs> I'm, I'm the opposite. So, you know. It makes sense based on your role. And I can see, like, just me thinking what may be inside your head in addition to what you've said is 22.3. So that open workout, the third workout, you learned as you went. Yeah. Brooke did that workout three times. She did because of me, because of my poor coaching. Yes and no. And I, I also was having mental health issues so well combine okay i appreciate that but that could have been some of that could have been negated it it just well we will never know we won't but we won't and and here's the thing you got the opportunity to adjust and helping some other athletes to help you discover what ultimately was best for her had you been able to focus on the coaching aspect maybe a little bit more you maybe have identified that a little bit sooner it doesn't mean you could do the open either. It just means you do it at a different time. Yeah. I mean, it just means I'm going to attack the open just like I used to attack it, which is this is just, just fun. I'm just going to go as hard as I can, and I'm, it's going to be fun, and I'm not going to worry about it. There's no strategy. There's no there's no any of that. It's just, hey, how can I be? How can I have fun and be fit? Like, yeah. You know? I mean, because I'm never going to be where I was when I ran competitively. I'm not going to be that kind of athlete. And not that I was a super great runner, but I was a much better runner than I'm ever going to be an athlete, you know, CrossFit athlete. Even in weightlifting, I'm better than I am at CrossFit. So it's like, okay, so let's frame this up personally for me. How how do I get the most out of this and not be frustrated with my own performance? Because I am very hard on myself to say, okay, CrossFit now is just fun. It's fun. And it's a great way to stay in shape. It's a great way to like stave off you know, disease and a lot of things. Um, and maybe I'll focus a little bit more on weightlifting, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, but I'm going to have fun working out. It doesn't mean I'm not going to give it my all. It doesn't mean I'm not going to get wrapped up sometimes doing things that, you know, I'm trying to maximize performance. You don't have to tell us that, you know, but, but what I do think it means is that my focus, this has been very clear for me where my focus should be. Hmm. So it's good. Yeah. The journey. <laughs> so does anybody else want to weigh in on that question? Anything you would do differently for next year in light of what you learned this year? All right. I'm curious before we move on because I wanted to ask this earlier and she didn't really hit on it. But yeah, do it. Like, What are you the most surprised about during this year? Because we really haven't talked about this. Hmm. No, we and haven't. It, sorry, not to throw a completely different question out there, but... Before we move on to the last couple, which are not going to really be a segue for that, what? You know, it's funny because, and it's weird because now I have emotion. It's weird. It's a weird place for emotion, and you'll know why when I like get the sentence out. Like, why did that make you feel like you wanted to cry? Um, we were talking the other day about whenever it was that I fell and hurt my shoulder, and. I ran really fast and I didn't know I could run really fast. Um, 
And I feel like that's kind of how this open was a little bit, like or this whole experience. I feel like all, along the way there had been multiple things where it's like, I mean, I don't know, Daniel, we laugh, but it's been great having Daniel train with us because he'll go, I've never done that before. I've never done that before. I've never done that before. But I feel like I had a lot of those moments too. I just didn't say out loud, I've never done that before. Well, Daniel is a yellow temper. I know, exactly. He's okay. We're wired completely differently. I mean, just, he, it's, it's great. And having him say it, actually provided some like that relief of somebody else has said somebody said it so I don't need to say it um but I had a lot of moments like that like with some of the some of the lifts that we've done and maybe not even and the maxes have been great but then to consistently be able to hit numbers that I could never seem to achieve before Mm -hmm. those kinds of moments are I think the thing like it's just surprising that that has happened. I followed instructions. I did what I was supposed to do. You know what I mean? Like I showed up. I tried my best and all of those things. But I don't know. Like when it works, and then those then the results happen. It's also a little bit surprising. Um, so I think I think there have been things that I have been able to do that have surprised me feels a little bit I don't mean that in any kind of arrogant way I don't want it to sound like that because then it feels I'm surprised at how great I am and that's not what I mean at all at all that's not what I mean but there have been things that I just didn't think I would be able to do Um, okay I just didn't know we really haven't discussed it we haven't really had a formal recap of how everything went yet because you're still not done right so we're not done yet but done yet but curious that's good and i and i think that there have also been moments where i mean you brought up 22.3 uh i'm kind of surprised at when i had mental hang-ups in the middle that was surprising in a negative way (laughs) like it was it was a i didn't expect that there are some things that i expected okay this is going to be challenging i'm not going to like it Mm-hmm. whatever and those are almost easier to overcome because you kind of see them coming and then anytime you get to a place where it's like I feel great and now I don't like then it catches you off guard mm-hmm. and that's surprising and so then how do I adjust how do I change how do I shift gears what do I do to get into a good mental space to be able to move on some of that's been surprising so hmm. Okay. The unofficial recap. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense because you haven't had a goal out there before. Yeah. I mean, now you could fail. That's that's the thing. Like you could fail and other people are you need to go with me here. I see Vanessa start <laughs> Vanessa made a, a smirk. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I kinda do. <laughs> But that goes back to the exposure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're putting yourself out there. You're doing something risky where you could fail. But is it really failure if you fail trying something that's great or that's bigger than where you've been? Yes, it is failure. No, <laughs> no because I will grow and learn something. That's and right. 
Yeah. Because you grow. That's right, because most often <laughs> do the same thing. Crunch, crunch. Because most often we stay in the safe place because it's not exposing, uh-huh. and and we make all kinds of excuses on why we don't want to put ourselves out there. Because ultimately, we don't want we don't we don't want to be pantsed. Yeah, well, we don't want scary. people to look and go, "Oh yeah, I didn't think he would do it, or I didn't think she would do it." Oh. That's disappointing. Um, I think that, again, it's great to be on this side of it. Well, if if other people, for, so for me, this is a whole tangent and then we can get back on track. But for me, the fear of exposure, if other people felt disappointment mm-hmm. at my failure, that's easier for me than people celebrating my failure yeah that's the other thing that can be so negative about this is that there's some people that want you to fail right for a whole bunch of reasons lots of reasons and and most of that is reflective on their own insecurity Mm -hmm. right and their own fears and their Mm -hmm. own all of that but that, I think to me, that's the part of failure that is the scariest hmm. is, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just so yucky. It's so yucky. It's so yucky. And But think about this for a second. Why would we allow the opinions of those who want us to fail dictate whether or not we go for something that we may fail in? Yep. You're, I mean, you're 100% right. Well, and, and when you're away from the emotion of it and the narrative may be that you've lived out most of your life and you're stepping into something new and going, wait, wait I don't have to keep mm-hmm. doing this. this. To me, this is one of the reasons why I'm excited about doing this podcast is because some of the people that are watching right now, that are listening right now, are living out narratives mm-hmm. where they have shrunk down their lives because of the opinions of other people who maybe want them to fail or I told you so or whatever. And the beautiful thing about you and what you've done here without even maybe fully realizing it is you've given some people some hope and they don't even know, like you don't even know, but they don't even know fully what you've stepped into. So it's one of the reasons why we had to do this. We had to talk about this. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what to say. Well, you get to say more because I'm about to answer something very similar to that same thing in just a minute. So you're good. We'll talk about it some more. (laughs) Can can I interject something here? 100%. As well. And I'm not, I wanted to let that sit for a minute because that was a beautiful sentiment and I agree with it 100%. I also think that it goes back to what Charles was saying before about this this has it has been a group effort and a lot of it is who you surround yourself with and i do think that not to take anything away from you personally please understand i do think that there has also been a lot of negativity surrounding our relationship um and 
wanting things to fail because of what we have as a training group. I'm not talking about just the four of us, the four of us as a core maybe, but also other people that train with us um, on a regular basis. Daniel and Becca, you know, being the two main. Mm-hmm. With a couple people that come in and out. Uh, yeah. A couple of others. Joby's been a part of yes. that. Now, he had a baby this past year. Yeah. Actually, Trish had the baby. <laughs> but Joby was out for that yeah. and hasn't yeah. been able to be in, a, be in as much. And but our kids so, were around and just school interfered. Yeah. And, but I think that that group dynamic is something that a lot of people, maybe because they don't understand it, they, or because they want it and don't have it, whatever the reason may be, I do think that the group dynamic lends to some of people not wanting you personally to succeed in this. Hmm. And I, I also want to add that I hadn't really thought about it until I've been listening to you two talk back and forth a little bit. But sometimes that, uh, coach athlete magic happens because there is something that I mean Ben Bergeron is a great coach would he be a I'm not saying I'm a great athlete don't misunderstand but if I was and I was at a level <laughs> that the right coach could get me there would he be the right coach for me maybe maybe not but the fact that you say that you find it difficult to express and sometimes you just want people to tell you what you should be feeling and all the times I've watched him say now you just have to you just have to do this this is where you just have to go and he (laughs) and you just do it it's like okay he told me what to do and now I'm just gonna do it in the heat of the moment and that's that's kind of a that's a trust thing and it's kind of a magic thing where you see what she needs in that moment and you provide it and you say, okay, he told me to do this. So this is how I'm going to feel. And this is how I'm going to do it. I just had to get that out there because it struck me as I was listening to you guys. That well, and we had that part conversation. Of the magic. We had that conversation this morning. It's like, there are too many options. Just tell just me tell where me to what go. To go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where's my spot? <laughs> just yeah. tell me where to go. Yep. No, I think you're right. And, and I've thought about this at getting ready for this podcast. I really haven't put a lot of my emotions to what this has been. But I think for me, that's probably, and you just hit on it. It's funny because it happens to be my word this year. But what I have valued the most, what I have found the most rewarding um, is the fact that there is trust there. To me, that is a bigger, no matter how she performed this year, it would have been my fault. It would have been her fault. It doesn't matter. What I valued the most is that she's trusting me to get her to her goal. That's what I found from a coaching standpoint, at least from her and the other people that are personally that I individually, and that's what I think is so different with individual coaching than group class coaching is that someone is paying me a lot of money to get them to where they want to be, and they're putting almost a, a, a blind trust there, right? Um, which, to me, goes back to my personal life, goes back to my, my relationship with God, with Jesus, with everything that I do. It's all framed up around that. And to me, trust has become so big and so much of what I value Um 
that that to me in this process is probably meant more than anything to know that I don't think there's many times I and mean, she's asked questions clearly that she should, but I don't think there's any time that she's like, I don't, I don't understand. Like there's not any of that, um, which is unbelievable for me to say, okay, wow, Brooke hasn't put a lot of things out there, but this time she's trusting me to get her to this goal. And Brian trusts me with that. And you trust me with that and everybody else around me, but really you two and her trust me enough to say, okay, we're going to let Charles do what we think Charles can do mm-hmm. to help her. That's been, that to me has been the biggest thing that I felt the best about is like the people around me that I love the most care enough to let me just do it. Mm-hmm. And that's been important. It's been important from you. It's been important from you mm-hmm. um, as a spouse. And it's been important for you as an athlete um, to say, okay, okay. We don't always know. Right. And we may have disagreements. I mean, there are times I see people's faces and I'm like, okay, they don't agree with me here, but that's okay. But everybody has just kind of not said anything. Like no one has really gotten in my face to say, "Hey, you're this is wrong," or "This is." Yeah. And I'm not. I didn't expect that. I, I, no one's combative. Like no one. None of you. You two are not combative. But, um, like it's made my job easier, and it's made me feel more valued. Yeah, I could totally see that. I think there's value in giving feedback that's helpful. Like as far as you mentioned this earlier, like if Brooke has a bad morning. You need to know that, yeah. So you can know how you need to approach mm-hmm. her and everyone else. But one of the other things that really came to mind when you were talking was there's been residual benefit for other people that you are coaching based on this this arrangement because, like Daniel, would be one who has he. He's done like a personal record on like every weightlifting lift that we do in the gym to where people think yeah. he's on steroids. Well, I, I personally question that, <laughs> right? Because, well, here, and here's why. It's a, it is a funny story, but I want to tell it because it's come up multiple times now. But look, I'm all about posting things that are real because what I, you can say my Instagram is whatever. You can say my personal life is whatever. But here's the deal. I don't post things that are fake. I don't, I don't like that. It's not about me. So if I'm posting videos of you PRing all the time to, to the PRs that he was hitting, I'm like, look, you just have to level with me. Are you taking steroids? Because if you are, again, that's your personal preference. I'm not going to judge you for that. Yeah. But I can't put up your videos anymore if that's the case. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I have some things that I ha- that I feel strongly about, and that's just one of them. So, listen, I don't care. You can do them, but I can't keep focusing on you to like – and he's like, no. And it's fun. it was funny, but like – Yes. <laughs> he, he's benefited tremendously. Becca has too. Mm-hmm. And, and Becca has done an incredible job this last year on a journey to get more healthy and fit. And I, I, I know you're proud of both of them for different mm-hmm. reasons. But because of this process, I really think that the two of them have gotten to places they wouldn't be otherwise. And I'm excited to see what happens with them this next year. I hope they listen to this podcast because I want them to know. <laughs> I'm excited for you. <laughs> and if you're listening, I'm pointing at the camera. So on YouTube, you can see me pointing. Because Brooke loves me when I point. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to segue because a lot of what we've just talked about really segues into what I, at least I personally wrote down. I know not everybody wrote down a lot of things for this because it, really it, it really is about the emotions and the feelings that we've gone through. But 
your next question of, and some of the things we've just now covered fall into what I wrote down. So I don't know if you want to transition to that or if you want me to go first or not. Let's because transition. I've been talking a lot. I've been talking a ton. So, so what are your sources of inspiration uh, as you look back toward working toward the goal of helping Brooke get to the next round of the CrossFit Games? We'll start with Vanessa. My inspiration? You're the inspiration. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that's what you were going to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to help. I don't know. There's not really... I want to help however I can. I'm a good... I'm a good... Um, good job. Supporting cast member. <laughs> good job. Good job. So it's okay. You don't have to have a source of inspiration. I mean, you could it, you could say JC, Jesus Christ, what? Always a good answer. It's always the church answer, but we're not in church. The the scripture oh, oh, are we? The scripture that I thought of though, just earlier today, I did think of that scripture from Hebrews, and I I'm That's not taking your part. I'm not yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not taking your part. part of Hebrews, no. but um, Hebrews <laughs> <part>. twelve and. <laughs> I was originally just thinking of Hebrews 12, 1, but it turns out it's one through, it's really one through three. That's mm. the whole thing. Do you want me to read it? Yes. Okay. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So, ended up being the whole thing. So, that was not my inspiration in originally deciding to <laughs> be yeah. team squatty, but that it came to mind. That's good. Just the group, the whole group effort concept hmm. and eyes on the prize kind of thing <laughs> so i like it brooke what were you hmm. going to say i don't think i was going to say anything i don't i don't think i was going to say anything okay in it that moment like, it looked like you had something to say no no was i moving my mouth while she was talking like a kid like <laughs> I was supporting her. <laughs> you okay? As she reads the scripture. <laughs> Sorry. You read that scripture. Good. Thanks. All right. Charles? So I have four things. <laughs> I really do. Uh, um, I'm sorry. You're going to have to bear with me because this is important to me. Um, so sorry. <laughs> that was earlier. That was the last podcast. That yes. Was, yes, that was the last one. Um, so inspiration, um, we've talked about it, but the first thing that I wrote down when I was thinking about this is that seeing everyone around us do well, not just Brooke, um, but the inspiration that I've got during this process is watching everybody like do so well. Um, all of us, even me at times, but everyone PRing, doing you know breakthroughs on workouts, breakthroughs emotionally, breakthroughs just in general. Um, man, that's been that's to me the biggest inspiration of all of this is just been like everybody not just broke but everybody's gotten better um which is awesome i i 
that kept me going every day. Um, so that's one. I'll get the scripture last. Um, that's the first one. The second one, um, to your point, to Brooke's point, um, there there have been plenty of people recently um, that have told me almost outright, and Brooke in a, in a maybe a little bit more subtle way, um, but they were smarter and could do better for her. Um, and that really she may not be good enough to do it. Um, and I thought about that often, um, almost on a daily basis, but definitely on a weekly basis. And that really lit some fire and passion for me to stay with it and not that I'm fueling on negativity. It's not really that at all, um, but it's almost as a, okay, I'll show you. Like, you know what I mean? Um, am I am I, am I the best athlete in the gym? Nope. Am I the smartest athlete in the gym? Nope. Am I, you know, the biggest weightlifter? Am I the strongest? Am I? You, you can name everything that in the strength and, and conditioning and CrossFit world that would say, "Hey, all of these people know better because they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, they're smarter, whatever." Um, and there are plenty of people that would say, "Well, Brooks too short. Brooks not fast enough. Brooks forty, almost forty-five. Brooks all these things." And all of that has been said in a way. In a way, maybe not outright, but has been said mm. by certain people um, over the last couple of years, especially, um, and even in the last you know three or four weeks, has been said. Um, so, to me, that was another big source of inspiration um, to say, you know what, she can do it, and we can do it, and more importantly, as a group, but but more importantly, as a group, we can we can do it together. And I think, um. You know, looking and saying, well, it's got to be, you have to be more of this or you have to be more of that. Or, you know, I knew what I wanted that environment to look like. And I think we all had a pretty good understanding of how it was going. Um, but that to me was important. Um, and it may not be the world's greatest thing for me to say out loud, but you know what? There are a lot of people that need to not, like, there's, there's way, to your point, there are plenty of ways to get through things. Like, it's not always my way. It's not always her way, your way, Vanessa, right? And, to have someone arrogantly tell me that my way is the only way that she's going to be able to do something is not accurate. Um, and, and it's very important that, and maybe those people don't ever acknowledge that. And maybe they don't, that's okay. Um, there are times that I probably haven't acknowledged when I was wrong or that there were other ways to do things. I'm sure there, I'm sure there have been plenty of times over my life that, you know what, I was very dismissive or thought I knew best. I'm sure there are times that still come up on a regular basis in our household that, that's the case, um, but that drove a lot of what I did. It really did. Um, so there's that one, right? So that's two. We got two more to go. So see, <laughs> seeing the support for Brooke um, and the coaching, with you know, I kind of talked about this. The trust that all of you um, gave was huge. It was gigantic. Um, and I can't say that enough. I mean, I've told Brooke how proud I am of her, but I have not told everyone else around me yet how proud I am of them for this process. But I am extremely proud of not just her, but of you guys for sticking with it, with the trust, with the desire, with the push, with the community, with the just general vibes to say this is what we're all working towards. Mm -hmm. um, that has been a really, really, really big deal for me. Um, so that's been a very big source of um, my inspiration um, during this process is that there are not many times in our life that people don't, you know, 
there's not many times that really, no matter how great everyone around you is, that everyone lifts everybody up to the certain level that this group has done for her, but by proxy, me. Um, so, and they, maybe they weren't even trying to do it and not realizing that they've done it. But, um, you know, that that's important and it's been a big deal for me. Um, so thanks. Um, the last thing is Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. Let your let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways um, that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left and keep your foot uh, from evil. And I think we've talked about this as putting your blinders on and just saying, you know what? This is what I know to do. This is what God says I have to do. So I'm fixing my eyes on him, but I'm also fixing my eyes on the prize that Brooke and I have sat down. And, and actually the three of us, Brian, Brooke, and I sat down nine months ago in an office or 10 months ago at this point to say, hey, here's the goal. Here's what we want to do. How do we get there? And uh, for me, it really has been distraction proofing to say, okay, there have been a lot of things that have happened over the course of our life this last nine months. There are a lot of things that I could have abandoned this goal. There are a lot of things that everybody could have just said, you know what, There's, it's too hard. There's not enough money. We need to do this. We need to do that. You need to go out and get a different job. You need to, there's so many things that I was not willing to abandon this year uh, because of what we set up. The two of us, the three of us set up in my office nine, 10 months ago that um, I think it's paid off in dividends, not just because of where she's at, but just in general. I think um, I'm not happy with the situation that we're all in or that she and I, Vanessa and I are in from a, from things in general that I'm not going to get into on a podcast, but you know, there are things that could have been much easier, um, for, for all of us to do, all of us, all four of us to do. Um, the sacrifices could have been very different. There are a lot of things that could have been very different, but I was not willing to, um, although we've had conversations about giving up on those and I probably was very easy and at times to say, you know what, I just, I'm going to throw my hands up and I'm done. Um, but I woke up the next morning and went, you know what, that's not the right thing to do. Um, so that's kind of, that verse has kind of kept me grounded to say, it's okay. This is where I got to go. And again, I have to trust that it's all going to work out. It's all going to be okay. God's going to make it okay. You know, no matter how hard it is today, it's not going to be this hard in three months. And, and if it is, you know what? Okay. We'll work through that in three months. Um, and I think that's, I've learned a lot over this process. Um, and I couldn't do that without, you know, everyone around me, but especially you three at the table. Thank you. Yeah. That was my four. Sorry. So my inspiration is pretty simple. It's putting you before me. So much, again, like I mentioned earlier, of our marriage, you've put me first. Whether it be job or meaning to do school or <laughs> our four kids you stayed at home you didn't have to and so it's been really nice to elevate you and I would say the other thing was there are people watching some of them we still live with in our home and we have influence and they need to see you not shrink back. They need to see you step into who God made you to be. And and while it may seem dramatic to talk about the CrossFit Open and stepping into that, it's stepping into something beyond yourself 
And I think for our kids and the people we influence, it says it's okay to do something beyond you or to step in something and try something beyond you, knowing you could fail, but you might succeed. And even if you fail, it's not final. So for me, that's been a huge source of inspiration for this process and will continue to be. So let's go. Thanks. You're welcome. Do you want to speak to any sources of inspiration? Yeah. I mean, I think I have to say, I sort of alluded to it before, but I think showing up and training with you guys every day and the people around us, like I just, there are days where I would say probably two weeks maybe before the open, I was like, this is dumb. Like it's, which is so dumb because it's so close. But I mean, it was like, uh, I mean, eh, and it was fear, Mm -hmm. you know, but I showed up. Charles had programmed the stuff and sent the email. I knew what I was supposed to be doing for the week. So, you know, and people, I knew people were going to be at the gym. Everybody Mm -hmm. was going to be there. We were all going to be, this is what we're showing up to do. And as silly as that sounds because it's just so mundane and everyday and just showing up but it's I mean it was the thing honestly that kept me going I knew I didn't have to do it by myself I knew I wasn't in it by myself and I knew there were gonna be other people there who wanted to be supportive who I mean you said you putting me before you was a big thing I knew that so for me to quit for me to stop for me it I don't know it would be letting you down in a different kind of way mm-hmm. so in a strange way that was very motivating and very inspirational throughout the whole process so and it seems like every time I got really down or oh, I'm not sure I should even be pursuing this or doing this there would be I mean I really try very hard to follow things in social media that are inspiring and not like life sucking so I follow a lot of animals and (laughs) baby animals in particular (laughs) (laughs) Um, but they're also very like motivational you know and it just seems like when I would be sort of at a low point there would be something that would be posted in a some motivational kind of way that would be like, okay, you can keep going. This is, you know, one of those like, you know, don't quit right before, you know, the caterpillar becomes the butterfly or any of those cliches. <laughs> like all the cliche things, you know. But at the same time, it ended up being exactly what I needed. I had somebody who cut my hair who had that, Hang in there, poster like right up above the where they wash their hair. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that, or even in, um, there have been messages that you have preached at church that I have, you know, proofread or talked about with you beforehand. But then when it's presented on a Sunday morning, I'm like, oh, I needed to hear that. I should. Like, it's weird when that happens. Like, I've already seen this. I've already read it. I already know what he's going to say. And then it's like, 
And then I start to vamp and golf script. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that scares like, me. Where's he going? That scares me. What is he going to say? <laughs> it's but the Holy Spirit. There have been moments like that where, really, the Lord has used it to give me exactly what it was that I needed to hear. Or in, you know, the devotions that I read in the morning. So it's more of a general, not necessarily one specific, oh, it was this verse or, oh, it was... The cat was hanging there. It was it was not one specific thing, but it just seemed like every time, I don't know, I felt like giving up, there was some little something that was, like, don't quit now. And I think the biggest piece of it, though, was the showing up and knowing that there were people every day that were in it with me, committed to the goal. And as I got closer, it seemed like when I became more afraid, other people became more excited and their excitement sort of carried me through that fear. Hmm. I'm done. I know. So some of our listeners, they do CrossFit, but they didn't sign up for the CrossFit Open. (laughs) What would you say to them as far as why they should reconsider doing that in 20? 23. Are you asking me? Sure. You were looking at me, so I didn't know if I was supposed to. I think you should do it. I think people should do it. And I think that they should pay the $20 and sign up for it through CrossFit and submit their scores and go through that whole process because, yes, it's exposing But I think that that exposure, it may expose fear, it may expose failure on some level, but I think it also exposes your ability to do things that you didn't think that you could do. And I think that the benefit of that far outweighs the scary pieces of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think about people who RX'd their first open workout this time or yes or people who you know i mean our daughter may who you know she hadn't gotten a pull-up in Mm -hmm. a couple years and busted out 18 of them in a workout she wouldn't have done you know what i mean like i just i think there are things that it forces you to do and it forces you to try that you can come up with a whole bunch of really good reasons not to if you're not signed up for Something like that. Really good reasons. I mean, they're excuses, but also right. legitimate reasons. We would right. agree, yes, you're right. You don't have this movement down. Mm-hmm. You know, it all makes a whole lot of sense. But I don't know. I or, think- or you can do the workouts anyway and still have a judge. You just don't have to put them in the system and play, pay $20. Yeah. I just I think there's something about it being out there for the world that takes it to another level. 100% agree. Vanessa, I see you uh, doing a fast and furious search on your smartphone. She's looking for that hang in there poster. No, I'm not. (laughs) If you were, I'd throw my pen across the room. There's a, I'm looking for a quote from... Wong Fei Hung, which no one else is going to know who that is. What? Who? who? 
Long duck dong. <laughs> no. What's not happening, Hustle? Uh, oh no, you can't do that. Wong Fei Hung was a famous kung fu martial artist who was instrumental in in, in a lot of things. But there, he had a quote about competition, mm-hmm. and I was furiously searching for it. But since we're talking about it now, it basically it says that competition exposes our weaknesses to ourselves Hmm. and so yeah i would highly recommend anybody who's thinking about it to give it a shot at least once Mm -hmm. give it a shot sign up for it and going into it with the right attitude Mm -hmm. what can i learn from this experience how can i better myself through this experience so not necessarily exposing your weaknesses, but yeah, exposing your weaknesses, mm-hmm. not just physically, but mentally mm-hmm. uh, or weaknesses that you feel maybe you would be the cause for something to improve mm-hmm. uh, in someone else or in your community or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So. Wong yeah. Fei Hung. <laughs> yeah, I heard someone say that they increase their score from prior years because you can see where you uh, landed as far as overall and in your age division from a percentage standpoint from prior years. And they had improved, I think it was a 20% plus jump. And so for them, they were able to see the merits of their hard work paying off. For me, I actually, it was one of my worst of issues, but it's be, I, this is my opinion, is because I have focused more on getting stronger. Mm-hmm. So I weigh more and put on more weight to try to lift more weight. But as far as how it translated to this the year. metabolic conditioning yeah. and maybe even some mindset, to be fair, it, it wasn't as maybe good as I've done in the past. But that's okay. I, I learned from it. So, Charles, go ahead. Well, had the Open been set up the way it's always been set up, you would have seen an improvement. But we, it wasn't. And, you know, it is. It's a different Open this year. Very different Open. Um, yeah, do it. it. You'll have a great time. I mean, everybody said more than what I could say, but just do it. I mean, mm-hmm. stop making excuses. Have a good time. Even if it's just goofing around with the people that you're with in the gym, you'll have a good time. So just Fitness fun with friends. Just mm-hmm. do it. Um, and I got more to say in a minute, but just do it. Nike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last last question for today, and then we're going to land this podcast. Any other takeaways as you think about CrossFit Open or what you would want to say to people about exposure or anything that's come up today? Uh, and I'll start with you, Charles. Yeah, I think we've spent the entire podcast talking about basically an individual coach and athlete relationship and the community surrounding that. It's important, and that's what this podcast is about. But here's what I'm going to tell you. The majority of the people watching, including myself, including the majority of us at the table, you don't need that. You don't need an individual coach. You don't need an individual program. You just need to go work out three to five days a week consistently. And if you do that, you know what? You're going to get better. Um, We all did a program that was not designed for us. It was designed specifically for her, and we all got better, right? And we talked about that earlier. Um, when you say for her, you mean Brooke? In for case Brooke, someone's yes. Just listening. Sorry, yeah. In case someone's yeah. just listening, yeah, for Brooke, and and we designed that program 
specifically for Brooks weaknesses where she needed to get better at um, but we all got better it's not because the program was like light years, light years better than anything else we've all, always followed is we showed up to brooks point we showed up consistently we were always there we always did it we did it with gusto we did it with whatever so if you're watching this going oh i'd love to be able to pay a coach and that's exactly what i need to do and i need my own programming no you don't you don't need your own programming you don't need your own coach you need to go to a class you need to work out. You need to work out hard for the hour that you're there, and you need to show up consistently. And if you do, if you do, mm-hmm. if you pay attention to other things like sleep and nutrition and getting in the right mental mindset, you're going to be fine, mm-hmm. right? So I want, I, I guess I want everybody to make sure you understand this is not about finding an individual coach. The majority of people, unless you have a very, very, very specific goal that Brooke did, unless you have a very specific goal, you don't need that, right? I don't, I'm a coach. I don't need that. I don't want that. I just want to go to the gym now and, and stay healthy and fit. And that's what most people want to do. They want to look better naked. They want to have, have fun. They want to be there for their grandkids. They want to be able to get off the ground if they get on the ground, right? You don't need an individual coach or an individual program for that. Um, 99.9% of the people that come into the gym don't need an individual program. So those people that are out there selling that, telling you that's, that's the best way for you to get better, they're lying to you, you don't need that. Right, and I'm someone who sells personal training, but you don't need that. You just need to go to the gym and get healthy. The last thing I'll say in this podcast is, and I've kind of already said it, but um, I publicly want to make sure that I'm very clear here. I thank everyone at this table. Um, your level of faith in me this ten months, nine months at this point, um, has been very humbling. So I would just tell you, thank you very much um, because you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to give that to me because I do think it's something that you woke up every day and you chose to do. Um, and um, that has not gone unnoticed, um, not just from you guys, but from people around us, uh, but really from you three um, at the table and especially you, Brooke. Um, thank you for that. Um, it's been it's been a fun, and we're not done, but it's been a very fun experience and I just I couldn't thank you enough, so thanks. You're welcome. I like how you slipped, look good naked in that, almost like you didn't say it. Yeah, he just kept going right over it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, someone's going to hear that. And it's true. Because <laughs> you did. I mean, and you brought, brought it back. I mean, when you say naked, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, how about you, Vanessa? A couple of things. The first is, Going back to the open specifically a little bit, the CrossFit Open is the only, it's the sport of fitness, but it's the only competitive environment that I'm aware of that you can liken to a competition where a local high school quarterback goes up against the likes of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. It's the only competition in the world that I'm aware of. So just because you don't place in the top 4% or 10% or whatever and move, you're going against the best in the world. Where else are you going to have that opportunity to see where you stack up against the best in the world? So even if you know you're not the best in the world, you know, (laughs) or if you're fairly confident you're not going to land in the top 10%, maybe even... Though you have in the past, you know you're not going to land in the top 10%. Do it anyway. Just 
fitness fun with friends, you know? And the only other thing I would say is that about CrossFit in general and about this podcast in particular, yes, CrossFit as a methodology is a fantastic way to have health long-term physical health, mental health. And the reason mental health is involved is because of the community aspect. We were not created to do life alone. Uh And I think that includes fitness Uh and having a community in CrossFit as far as CrossFit in general, the the worldwide community of CrossFit, the smaller community that's created in your individual gym, um, and the class that you text to make sure people are going to show up, or the people that you commit yourself to to help achieve a goal of making it to the next round. There's so much to be said for that, and people who are afraid to experience CrossFit because they don't think they're fit enough or they need to lose weight first. You know, it's it's silly. It's silly. You just do it. (laughs) Just do it. Yeah, just go go experience it and give it a shot. Give it a fair shake and you might like it. Was that life cereal? Mikey likes it? Yes, Mikey likes it. (laughs) Try it. You'll like it. That was life, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, now I'm done. Brooke? Well, I think I've pretty much said it before, um, so I'm not sure that it's a new takeaway, but absolutely the the surrounding yourself with people who are in it with you, and Vanessa really said it very well, the community of CrossFit, the worldwide, the gym, the class that you text, the group that you work out with. I really like how you broke that down from macro to micro because that that really is it it was for me it was the inspiration from the for these last you know nine ten months that we've been working on this but it it was part of the inspiration before that if we're being honest Hmm. you know i mean so i'm emotional again in a weird place um when everything was shut down during covid You know, it was the community of being able to be together to work out with dumbbells at a track that kept, you know, us from going nuts in a, in a very challenging season. Mm -hmm. So just that, that community, the people that you're surrounded with, I think is very important from a physical standpoint, but also from a mental standpoint. So I think to walk away from an experience like this and to think, I achieved my goal, I think would be a terrible takeaway because yes, I set a goal, achieved that goal. I have a weird relationship with goals. So yes, but I think it's bigger than that. It's, it's bigger than me. Um, I think the community piece of it, us throwing our lives in together and not just the four of us, that, like we've mentioned, but the other people that have worked out with us, the other people that have made sacrifices in this process, the trust that's been involved, all of that, I think, is huge. And I think it's a, a huge part of why we're sitting here today and why, why we're even talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so 
with that said, I mean, Charles said he feels like he, he needed to publicly say thank you. Well, I mean, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Thank you for showing up early, doing things you didn't maybe necessarily want to do, lifting heavier than you wanted to lift, doing workouts that exposed not only weaknesses but fears, <laughs> you know. Um, thank you for spending your time, Charles, coaching, uh, coaching, but also programming, coming up with a design, spending, I don't know how many hours. <laughs> I'm not sure that I want to know. Some of the things that you guys have said make me feel a little bit bad, honestly, because I'm like, oh, you did that for me. I wish you didn't have to do that because I don't want you to. I, there's a part of me that's like, don't sacrifice for me, but I feel humbled and honored that you do. So the flip side of that is, no, don't go, don't go to that side of it. Be thankful for people being willing to do something for you. So thank you for the hours that you spent doing that. Vanessa, thank you for the hours that you sacrificed having him do other things that needed to be done. Or being tired from doing those things. That I mean, I know that, that every hour that you spend doing something like that, there's there's a cost to it there's not just the time spent but it's the time spent that you could have been doing something else or the freshness of mentality that you're not able to give to your family so I know that you and Parker sacrificed for me in ways that I will never see because I don't live here so (laughs) if that makes sense so thank you for that and thank you for you Brian for putting me first for being willing to say it's something that you're you want to do i know you sacrificed the way that you prefer to work the way that you prefer to study the way that you prefer to write all of those things you set to the side to help me do this so thank you you're worth it thanks i, I concur <laughs> me three <laughs> So I have three things. Uh, Number one, criticism is inevitable for those who try to do something different. So if you don't want to do anything different or anything that changes the world, stay where you are. But if you do decide to change and to do something different and to, to change from what you've been doing and to do something beyond you, criticism is inevitable. That was the first thing. Exposure, number two, number two thing, is necessary for us to come close to reaching our God-given potential. If you don't put yourself out there, you'll stay mediocre and average. So you have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to chance... Um, what some people will call failure, but maybe we need to redefine failure a little bit. The last thing I would say is consistency over time crushes. We were in the squat workshop today and I just kept hearing uh, Dr. Levi (laughs) say consistency when it comes to hip mobility or whatever, because I was like the worst one in the (laughs) class. But consistency over time crushes, and I oftentimes have been impatient with the process 
that is required to get to where I personally need to be. And I want to be okay with putting in consistent work over time, regardless of the result, but yet shooting for something great. And, and more than where I am today, not just for me, but for the people I influence. And then when you said life sucking, I thought it'd be funny if someone had like, some people's mission seems to be to influence people to life sucking connections. <laughs> but that's a whole nother tangent. So don't be a life sucker. But I, I think today was a great conversation. And if someone's not a CrossFitter, I'm sure there are probably some takeaways you could take from today's conversation. And if you're interested in knowing more about CrossFit or exercise, anyone here at this table talking today would be glad to help you take that next step. And just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to us, to watch us. Also want to say, if you don't follow us on social media, please do that. You can like and share a podcast there. And it's just a great way maybe to help other people in some areas that they don't have it figured out, but we don't either. We can do that all together. So please do that. And we would love your specific feedback. Um, Like I just said, we don't have this all figured out, but together we can be better. We've discovered, discovered that today. And with feedback, we get better in the process. And Really, that's all we have for today's podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And thank you guys for sharing from your hearts. We'll see you next time on the F4 Podcast.